All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. All right. Let's do it. Let's do this again. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. We back together. Yeah. Something out of a dream. Yeah. I so forgot. Yeah. We once had a theme. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. Back with the squad. Yeah. With my Carolina brother. Yeah. Charlemagne the God. Roll yeah. call. Suprema. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. Back in the booth. Yeah. My raps destroy you. Yeah. God's honest truth. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. Getting random with y'all. Yeah. Because it's been three years since I have done a roll call. Okay. Suprema, yeah, it has been three years. Suprema, Suprema, Suprema roll call. It's Laia, yeah, and I'm really black, yeah. But the black effect, yeah. Damn, Charlemagne, that's black in the neck. Roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. My name is Charla. Yeah, I'm not a scholar. Yeah. If I'm broke, Quest Love got a couple dollars. Suprema roll call. Suprema roll call. Suprema Suprema roll call. Suprema Suprema roll call. 
reverb snare drum at the end too. Yeah, that was you know, dope. I learned a lot during the pandemic, so I learned where all the uh, effects were. Um, Don't Fonte got a cheat code with the Suprema roll call? Yes. That's not fair. Thank you, Charlemagne. Forever. And we ain't said shit about it for years. But Thank yes, you. he has. It's totally true. What kind of pressure is that? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta admit. Yo, Fonte looks hot. <laughs> when Bill said three years. Yeah. Like, I remember the Dawn Lewis episode was the day that we found out that this thing was real. Like, in real time. Oh, wow. It was either it was. Cecily Strong or, or Dawn Lewis. In which we were like having a normal conversation, but we were texting each other like, um, "Are we, we gonna, gonna die?" Gonna die? die? NBC, yeah. wow. like literally, like uh, NBC told me to go immediately home and yeah. don't talk to anybody and stay locked up in my crib. Yeah. Yo, it's 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 been an interesting. We, we, we thought it was gonna since. be three months. It's three years. We've been yeah. in New York since everybody left. Yeah. Fonte came back to New York. Fonte like, came gone. out the house. Wow. Wait, no. went yeah, to get man. cigarettes. Fonte got came COVID. Out came the house. Back. Uh, right, right. And Bill became a new Fonte. I, mean, <laughs> I think we actually needed roll call to remember each other's names. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to mention, I guess we. Well, you know, if you guys are still listening with us, Damn, right was now, the freestyle that bad. No, <laughs> are you still listening? No, that was just, fine. Oh, and we are music when I heart gets year, nervous so. when like the algorithms start falling off when I start <laughs> rambling. Excuse, <laughs> excuse me, Questlove. Charlamagne presented us with the iPod. Remember, we are the pop music podcast of the year. That so is a fact. do not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to downplay it with okay. self-deprecating. All right, all right. New, yeah. new way of thinking. Yeah. No, but Flowers. we should. We should also take the time to thank the uh, the squad that held us down for three years to make it happen. Like we were thinking in real time to keep the show alive, even though we weren't in the same room. So, shout out to Laia for holding it down. Laia, shout out to uh, Brittany Benjamin, yeah. Brittany in the house. Brittany. And, 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 no, he wrote the names yeah. down. He mean this, Jake. Yeah, I know. Cousin he Jake wrote the names down. Jake. I know these people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote Brittany used to work at, at Fallon. Yes, yes, yes. You I know. know. And cousin now, Jake's her cousin. Now she's running our lives. Yeah, shout out to cousin Jake, man, and you know Brian Calhoun. Also, yeah. shout out. Yes. Tip of the hat to Sean G as well and our, our friends at iHeart. Am I missing anyone uh, important? Yeah, you need uh, to shout thank out to our the, animators. Everyone at no, Zoom. No, you shout yes, the, yeah. the, yes. I wish people saw how much goes into this though. Because people think they can just grab a mic and just kick it with their friend and have a successful podcast. This is a full production. It's a production. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. Well, in case uh, you wanted to know who that voice was, ladies and gentlemen, this, this is probably the, the best way for us to jump back in the pool because, you know, it's been a minute. I can't think of a better guest just to sit around, talk smack or whatever. Can I say talk smack without sounding like I'm um, 50 say, plus? Say talk shit, not man. Really, just say know. shit, just man. Say shit. Unless you try not to curse. I mean, yeah. that's, I, I go through those stages where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to curse. But why? I don't like the vibration of the words sometimes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yo, I, I didn't realize that you're in the, the Radio Broadcast Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, that is 2020 ma- during COVID. Yep, that is major, major shit. They snuck mm-hmm. all the black people in in during COVID. <laughs> oh, so Me, <laughs> Sway, Angie Martinez. I want you to say the whole breakfast club. The whole breakfast club. Envy, Angela Yee, uh, Sway, Donnie Simpson. What they snuck really? Donnie Simpson in? I, I, be- I believe so. So it was just a mass exodus. A mass exodus uh, of black people. That's not cool. It was like it was like five bla- five black uh, radio personalities that all got in in one year. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was a year that we couldn't even be there. It's just like one every five years. If that, if that, yeah. I'm surprised they just got Donnie Simpson in. That's crazy. Where they hadn't Tom Joyner. I think Tom's already in. Okay, good. I think. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he is, though. 
And he is still with uh, us, yes, correct? Yes, of course. Yes. Very okay. much so. Absolutely. Very much so. Just Absolutely. wanted to make sure. Well, in case I didn't say his name, the, the legendary Charlemagne the God is Greetings. with us. Greetings. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. So we actually, as with every QLS episode, was, you know, kind of had the hors d'oeuvres before we started rolling the tapes that we were talking about the AI effect. Mm. And I guess we were observing that, yeah, in the beginning, it's going to be cute, but in about five Six to ten months. years... <laughs> Five to ten minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think this will actually force us to actually carve out private lives and 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 boundaries mm. again? No. Nah. Those the pri- private lives and boundaries are only for people who remember private lives and boundaries. Like you got to be born in like the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> like if you was born in the nineteen hundreds, like me, nineteen hundred seventy eight, then you understand private <laughs> lives and boundaries. This era doesn't know anything about private lives and boundaries. Like, think about it. We come from the era of even with, like, the artists we liked, it was a super era of mysteriousness. You didn't know anything about them. You barely even knew their real names. That's right. Right. And even that was a performance, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like now it's like your favorite celebrity is waking up with you in the morning on Instagram Live. With their bonnet on. With their bonnet on. So privatizing boundaries, like, there's no such thing for this generation when it comes to that. Mm. That's why you'll be in the airport, quest love, and they'll run up on you with their phone. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't have any. Like, you really like that. Like, you just want to be uh, have a phone in your face all the time just to take a selfie with somebody. Being as though what I've seen with Twitter, because in the beginning, Twitter was fun and all that stuff, and hey, I'm having a cheese sandwich or you know that sort of thing. But now, where now every damn near every blue verified check is. That's what I'm saying. We can't even handle fake tweets. So how are we going to handle deep fakes and, you know, right. the, the, uh, artificial intelligence voices? Like, imagine somebody calls you, Fonte, and it's Questlove, Questlove mm-hmm. and Laia having a conversation about you. Right. But it's not but them. It's not, right. it's, not you, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not them. Yeah. So now you come in here mad and hot like, yo, y'all was talking about me. Y'all, 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 so y'all, does it make me morally wrong that... I number one, I actually like there's as of this taping, there's a second Drake song that just got released. Oh, oh yeah. By the fake AI that I like <laughs> and <laughs> may have like caught it? myself downloading. Wait, am I into a crime right now? No, but, no, no, no. Well we should cut a deal with AI where AI gets the NFTs, they get to make NFTs and we get to make everything else. What the fuck happened to NFTs? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a yeah, right now. Right? Yeah. 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 Speaking yeah. of like, what, like the mini disc. That she was the beanie the, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Laser disc. Wait, <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me ask you just about AI because I really just got my, I got an immersed tutoring session over the weekend and it kind of changed my life. And What's I, the first and thing you did when you, I, like what was the first thing you did? I feel crazy saying this out loud because I'm going to tell a secret. So I'm going to tell you what I did. And I'm gonna, all right, I put my TV um, pitch in there and to fill the gaps of what I thought that I needed. And then they I spit it back to and, you. Yes. And, and I realized that the artist in your description, because then I said, well, let me just describe what my show is and let me see what your version is. But then let me tell you what the what my demographic is. I'm looking for black women uh, over the age of 55. What does that look like? What does that pitch look like? And it, I, I got so overwhelmed. Yep. But again, I realize I, I feel like you, Charlemagne. Maybe it's the end of the world, but I also feel like it's this weird moment, just like when the internet came in the '90s when we were in high school, when maybe encyclopedias yeah. came into the world. Like, are we overreacting in a minute, and, and it just has to settle down? I think this is a regulated. little bit different because even with all of those other platforms, yeah. they needed us to go. 
This, this needs us too. Not really. Like they're already having conversations about the AI could take a life of its own. And, and how much of us are we really using? Like if we, I can just go to ChatGPT and give it an idea, and then it gives me a whole pitch back. Like how much brain power am I actually really using? I still believe that one needs. I'm not even plugging my book, but I would still like to think that you need some sort of level of creativity. The script is described to put, mm-hmm. tell it what to do. But right? then again, we also live in a society where like the Instagram filter look right. is kind of the norm. So I see using AI creativity will perfect everything and all that. But, you know, I'm a guy that like likes fucked up drum beats. And, you know, I, I worship at the altar of Dilla, which is pretty much like anti-AI. <laughs> right. Anti- is it? Have you tried to enter a Dilla type beat? Did you I, ask AI to I give did, you I did, but even then, there's still, there's, okay. there's still, yeah, it's not nuanced. And, you know, this is like year one, year two. So, so you're saying it has to have flaws, basically? Like, has to, I still feel like there is a level of human touch that is needed or maybe I'm just the last generation that wants that. a human touch. Like, for... That part. Yeah. Like, your kids might not... Yeah, they may not care. Well, isn't there a way to, they won't know. to ultimately use it creatively as just another tool that we have to make stuff? Okay, so I won't... Uh, yeah, no, you tell, too. I told I, you tell. Come on. One time, I, I I was like, all right, I'm having trouble writing a hook. Come on. <laughs> and damn if this motherfucker didn't spit back 20 ideas Woo. of which four of them were actually perfect. Edit. And I actually... I did it like... I closed my computer like, That's no. Yeah, like can't go no, yeah. I can't. I'm crossing into the void. What yeah. did you say, though? Did you say, like, roots-type hook? Yeah. I literally... <laughs> no, I, I was so explicit. I was like... I want to do... Better than Roots type hook. I want to do a <laughs> non-pretentious... Best. I was like a non-pretentious political song that captures the mood of... And I, I maybe just as an example, I was like... Uh, I gave like four specific situations. But my thing was like, I want to stress how tired we are of protesting, but not too heavy-handed. <laughs> And I said, make make it 20 hooks. Has to be four lines each. And <laughs> of the 20 of them, four were like, oh, shit. None of them were we going to be all right. None of them were going to They didn't but, give you none of those. <laughs> not, I mean, but it was it was something that made me like, yo, that, that would be something I would think of. And that's when it got scary. So... I don't like it. I'm thinking about the presidential election next year. If y'all thought misinformation ran rampant in 2016 right. <laughs> exactly. and 2020... Like we don't want that. Yeah. Like nuts. that's that's what I'm thinking. But what can about. we do about that? Unplug it or whatever. Go like, out. Like, Go like, out. I don't know. Like, like I hate when people have these conversations and they're like the robots are going to take over. I'm like, well, just turn the just robots turn them off. off. Right. I mean, Why I can turn them do? off. You can turn them off, but that don't mean that that's not going to still happen. Well, that's e- the scary part. E- Elon Musk and um a oh, thousand God. other uh the people in the tech industry wrote a letter. Right, saying that yo, we need to pump the brakes on AI because so they feel like it's a threat to society. Yeah, they want to try and now I got to team up with him. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, yeah. He just want to 
Make he ain't. Mm, I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just know that they're more smarter when it comes to tech than I am. So when I hear them saying that we might need to pump the brakes, I'm uh, like, eh. Yeah. But also, I just we know people. People are stupid. They are. Like in this room, everybody seems to have a you know a certain <laughs> level of intelligence to a certain uh, point, right? Our IQ right? is above room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Our IQ is above room. Temperature. But majority yeah. of people are stupid. So if we live in a world that can't even handle fake <laughs> tweets, how are we going to handle deep fakes fake and voices, fake conversations? Like I, I don't, I don't like what this, what this potentially can go. Man. I'll say this much though, uh, and this might be taboo. I don't know if it's too soon, but you know, no offense to my uh, two brethren over here. Of those four, he means us. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about us, Bill. Of those four <laughs> Kanye songs, <laughs> Kanye AI singing is way better than real Kanye singing. Really. I was like, if you ever, if you want, Hilarious. if you want a hell Mary, <laughs> if you want like a hell, no, you got to hear it. If you want a hell Mary pass back into the mainstream, or forget, like I'm not saying that you have to pull uh, an ignition remix, but I almost feel like the perfect song the is the that? most disarming. I mean, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. I'm nah. naming facts. Nah, I'm going to. History has shown that the perfect song has been a very disarming. I know we were in a different mind state back then. Yeah. But I will admit, there's like six AI Kanye songs out there, and I listened to the the third one. Uh. I was like, oh, man, it's going to make me like this guy again. And I stopped. But it's AI (laughs) Kanye, though. So AI Kanye, you know, probably <laughs> don't. Well, that wasn't Kanye. I was like, this, yeah. <laughs> but AI Kanye. I I know there's going to be a, a moment in which someone is going to now that the the possibilities are endless. Like, yeah, I you, would like to hear Prince again. Ah, oh, that's you know, spooky. What about that Roots I album you've been waiting on? Now you can spooky. get your Roots album that you've been hey, waiting I don't, on. Yeah, I don't I will, that. Yo, this is one of the moments in which ignorance is bliss. I don't want Tariq knowing none about yo. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you think he don't know? He got kids too. I know, but I just, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so. okay. The, play, the playing with the dead is spooky. I saw somebody having a conversation with Tupac and Biggie. And two, they were talking like they were from the grave. It was like, so how does it feel to be dead? Like, it was that type right. of That was, that was literally they a question. The AI, yeah, but... and they were talking back to them. I'm like, and like Biggie was like, I don't even realize I'm dead. Like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> this is Black Mirror, y'all. We are living That's in what I'm Black saying. Mirror. Like, like I don't, I don't know is... if we want this. Oh, come on. And I know everybody, they say, oh, you're old. You're just fighting nah, against technology. It's this like, nah, else. man, no. In the past 30 years, we've seen... You know, because everybody's also like, oh, they can't clone you. They, they don't know what you're thinking. I'm like, we've given them 30 years of yeah. data on us. Yes. Like, <laughs> you talking about Gucci Man being cloned. We gave them enough information over the last 30 plus years that they can clone us, you know, uh, virtually. Wait, that's what that's what said on the Internet? That they Gucci, Gucci Man is a clone? Yeah, he's yeah. a clone. Oh, yeah. What? Because he's yeah. too improved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> How dare you improve yourself? Because he's, he's living in his Those integrity. That's right. That's right. Living his life. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs uh, because what? of this. Like, what will teachers do? What will teachers do? What will, yeah. What will any, any researcher do? or assistant or anybody doing that's anything right. do? That's, well, one, that's one of the top ones to go. Assistants, yeah. uh, paralegals, attorneys, financial advisors. Like, it's it's, it's going to be bad. Lawyers and the writers. Oh, y'all sure y'all want to go on a writer strike? <laughs> right. Are you Ooh, sure? Ooh, now now ooh, might not ooh, be the time. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, Save oh, snap. Shot. I didn't even think about ooh, that. Yes. I didn't even ooh. think about that. And they do not like this AI shit. I'm telling you. That's how I look. Ooh, All it takes is one hit AI show. Yo, I was about to say. I one. Been, and it's you over. know it's coming. You know we're talking about it's it, but somebody's here. doing it. 
Is there an AI song on the charts? Yeah. Did I no, miss no, that? Well, right now, Drake. the Drake and Weekend song have gotten over like 2 billion listens, which... They pulled it, though. That UMG pulled it. Yeah, but not but before. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> we all heard it. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when Beyonce had her falls, like the best of her slips on stage, digitally removed from the internet. But they still do. people keep putting them out there. You know, Our grandmother said it's the end of days, so maybe they finally write. I don't know. It's, it's possible. not the end of days. No, I'm it's... just, you know, our grandmothers, they all keep, they've been saying it. Right. It's just the beginning of some crazy bullshit. You don't want it. I'm telling you. What we think we want, we do not want. And I just feel like we're, it's mutually assured destruction. It's like humans can't help themselves. Like... <laughs> but what I do want to know, or you mentioned lawyers, and what I do want to know. Now, if we remember way back in that trial over the... Uh, the Chicago figure that's now behind bars. Oh, okay. Where his whole defense was like, well, that's not me. That's someone did a digital. Ah. Right. Now, what's going to stop someone else from, you know, in that case they get me. videotaped, you know. I don't know if that'll work with videotape, but it'll definitely work with fake tweets. Fake tweets and old audio and stuff. You'd be like, that's not me. That's AI. That's chat GPT. You can talk. To- you can do that now, actually. <laughs> okay. All right, so we uh, yeah. definitely feel gloomy. Come on, ask me a question that make me feel good. Amir. So, so you, started, uh, yeah. <laughs> you said the Edition Remix was the best song ever. You wouldn't talk his name. No, so I did just not say that. Did. AI told me that that's what you said. I know, I, know, I know what I heard, and that's what I heard. Of course, you might have to blame that on AI. You, yeah. went, you went from Kanye to R. Kelly. Yeah. In a, in a uh, anybody should say R. Kelly. <laughs> this is bad. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. 
I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'll ask you, because, I mean, you're basically, like, leading the charge and out in the forefront. Is this, and I say this in air quotes, is this what you imagined life would be? Like, did you have a a vision of the future, or is it for you just, like, one day at a time, like, oh, this opportunity came, and that opportunity, oh, I have a voice. I have a voice stronger than the host of the show that I'm on, and then... Like, for you, where was your mind state in 2003? I, I can go back farther than that. Um, when I started off as an intern in 1998 in Charleston, South Carolina at Z93 Jams, like, I remember being in there doing overnights, you know, in, in like, 1999 and just kind of, I was studying everybody, right? So I would study whoever was the big person at the time. Like, I'm, you know, the, the Big Tiggers or Angie Martinez or Wendy Williams or Tom Joyner, you know, Doug Banks. And it just took me down these rabbit holes where I started learning about the Petey Greens of the world. And, you know, at the time, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, uh, Steve Harvey was just getting in the radio. And I just always said to myself, if I'm going to do this, I want to be one of them. Like, I used to call those super jocks. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a super jock. Like, I don't want to just be, you know, uh, in, in in a market you know, doing time and temperature and announcing the next Drake song. Like, I want to be one of one of those. So from that point on, that that's what my intention was. Like, I set my intention in 1998, 99 to have my name mentioned amongst those individuals. So is it limiting the call you... I mean, you know, I've heard the whole, like, you're the black Howard Stern of the new... Oh, that used to get me in so much trouble. You're the new really? you. But wait, yeah. why tell me? It got me in trouble because when I started seeing that, like that's 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 like as much as you think inf- you're not influenced by these things that are said about you, but if you start seeing that in magazines and you start seeing that online, you start saying to yourself, "Oh, I'm gonna give them more of that." But you don't uh, stop to ask, "Well, what about, what me? about me?" Is the Black House right, right, right? You know what it's I mean? It's just the controversy. So all you run with is like all of the the, the perverted, the frat boy humor. That like, wasn't it. That nah, that wasn't it. So you know, you run with that for a while. So that definitely uh, got me in trouble. Well, we can actually at home. And by <laughs> <laughs> that's what ah, I meant by okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course, well, it's my mom. Hi, Mom. Hey, Miss Jackie. Hey, Miss Jackie. Hey, what up? I'm actually live on the air right now doing QLS with Ms. Charlotte said, and the guy. Miss Jackie said you ain't live nowhere. Okay? Miss Jackie said it is 12 o'clock. I know where you are. That's what Miss Jackie did. You got to pick that one up, because that's Mom. Mom and wife, daughters. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever hear Nick Kroll's thing about when your parents call? He's like, why is it that every time everyone's parents call, you're just like, fuck. 
<laughs> like, no matter what, it's yeah. always like fuck. It could be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you, or like every time somebody died. Fuck, I was like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, right? chances are we're going to keep this on the air. So I love when my mother calls. That's right. That's right. Because she does listen to this show. She definitely listens to this show. No, no, but for you where you are right now which is basically you are our go-to pundit you're now the place where mainstream media whatever that means in in 2023 you're their go-to tag team part like you get tagged in a lot of these things mm-hmm. is is that pressure to be the sort of unofficial spokesperson of hmm. whatever generation we are or for people in general Pressure? No, I wouldn't call it pressure um, because I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not an expert at anything. And so if it is things that I feel like need an actual area of expertise, I'm going to go get that person and bring that person into the room with me. I'm going to go get, you know, a Angela Rye or a Teslin Figaro or a Roland Martin, whoever it may be. I'm going to go get that person and say, and say, hey, I want you to sit in on this conversation because I always look at the platform like it's not my platform. It's not Envy's platform. It's the people's platform. So if it's the people's platform, let's have these conversations with the people. So, you know, I'll have my POV and I'll have the questions that I want to ask, but when you have the actual expert in there that can, you know, actually apply that real uh, academic pressure, it's no it's no pressure on me at all. All right, so maybe I have you here just so I can get coached on how to not be more brash, but you kind of have a... You have a fearlessness, direct, yeah. a very direct crescent thing, which I'm still trying to like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't want to offend the person, da-da-da-da-da. That's because you're smart, Quest. I'm stupid. No, he got the boomer. No, no, no. It's a, gener- it's a boomer. It's the it's the boomer. And I think it's the fear is like, it's funny watching you because I was just thinking, I said, I wonder what was Charlemagne's first moment in radio back in South Carolina when he realized that he may be a little controversial. What did his boss say to him that was like, yo? When's, do you remember the first time you like poked? Uh, yeah, exactly. Metaphorically poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. When's the first time you please like? Please tell me and please tell me. I'm a poke the bear. Story. I do actually. It was a uh, it was a, a person who would call the radio station. They would call Z93 all the time, and they would like do like these sexy phone voices and moaning. Would be talking like really really crazy to the guys. And then I found out that the person uh, was actually a guy doing it. So it was a guy <laughs> who would call into the station, pretend to be a woman, and he would get off by. Getting the guys off, so, and yes, they didn't know. They didn't know. Nobody knew, yeah. but oh, the, catfish. The, nobody knew, and right. I didn't even know if what I was, if the information I was receiving was true. Oh, because right, somebody right. told you. That's right. But when the person, when the, when that person called in, I was like, "Yo, your name is really such and such, Shut up. and you are from such and such yeah, yeah, South yeah. Carolina, you and you're really a guy." <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they just hung up. Like, yeah, so I ended up getting put on, uh, I got put on liners. Like, you know, all before, you know, you could have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. And you could, you know, talk. Well, at least in South Carolina, they weren't doing that. I was doing that at the time. But after that, they put me on liners. And all I could do was the time, temperature, and whatever the next uh, Nelly so song So you got was. reprimanded wow. for that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's why I'm curious about Charlemagne in that way because I know. I never even thought about that until you said it. Yeah, because as a radio <laughs> person, you either go one of two ways. Like I, I was usually the controversial person in my radio or mm-hmm. whatever. But you usually go that way or you go, you get quieted down because you've been told so many times like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. You're offending. Da, da, da. Get on the liners, that whole thing. So with you, there must have been a moment where you was like, nah, well, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Well, because n- number one, I didn't even really know any better, right? right. So it's like, um, when I, I always say the best thing that happened to me when I got on radio is I didn't have any experience. Like, I didn't go to college. I didn't do college radio. I got, I, I got you know, blessed to be able to get an internship in Charleston, South Carolina in 1998. And you didn't need to be in college or have any college credits or anything like that. So I was literally coming into the radio station drunk. Nobody taught me how to, you know, do breaks and everything else. I literally learned on-the-job training. I did voice tracking, mm-hmm, you know, on Sunday too. mornings, but mm-hmm. I was scaring all the church folks, so they started putting me on <laughs> Saturday night. So I would voice track from 7 to 10 and go live 10 to 12. And all I would do Wait, was Wait, you would scare the church folks? Oh, yeah. Sundays, this yeah. the man. Bible Belt. Yeah, Charleston, nah, South Carolina shots, yeah. on a Sunday morning. Like, mm. I'm, So you would go rogue even on Sunday mornings? I was just talking. Just being, I right. didn't know. I didn't know any better. Like... <laughs> No, I, nobody said you can't do this and you can't do that. Like that, that all came later. Did. Yeah, and then somebody did though. Yeah, and I wasn't with it because it wasn't fun. And I'm the type of person, man. If it's not fun, if it's not making me happy, like I don't want any parts of it. And so, you know, what what happened was there was a new station that popped up in the market. It was Hot 989 uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. My man George Cook, who's still a great mentor to me to this day, he's the operations manager at K104 in Dallas. He hired me to do nights, seven to midnight. So I left what the big station, right? That would be like. Uh, Power 99 in Philly. I left the Heritage Big Station in Charleston, which was Z93, to go work for Hot 98.9 in Charleston, which was like a 50,000-watt station with a with a, with an okay signal for $19,000 a year. But they gave me free reign, they let you do 7 you. to midnight. Yes. So how that nuanced into, like, you came into our radar, of course, through Wendy. But how... How did you make that move? I worked at Hot 98.9 in Charleston. I think I got fired from there after, like, maybe a year. And then I was out of radio for a while, but then I started going to do radio in Columbia, South Carolina. And that's when the whole Wendy Connection thing happened because the stations in Columbia was called Inner City Broadcasting. Inner City Broadcasting owned the Big DM in Columbia, South Carolina, and WBLS in New York. Worked at the Big DM when they was hip-hop. Then they flipped formats, but they ended up buying the other station in the market, Hot 103.9. I used to do nights on Hot 103.9, and Wendy was syndicated mm-hmm. in the afternoons. And at that time, I just I was using the internet by then. So, like, a lot of my content and interviews started ending up on the allhiphop.coms and the SOHH.coms at the time. That's all we had. You know? So people started hearing me nationally. And even Vlad, I got to salute Vlad. Vlad had the beef DVDs. So Vlad would take some of my interviews and put them on beef DVDs. So that's even how I got... Vlad started beef? Yeah, it was called... No, well, I mean, okay. So that's how I even got on the radar of like Wendy them, and then they would come into the market, you know, her and her husband, and we would just show them love. You know, we'd take them around to the clubs, make sure they got whatever they needed from weed, the the drinks, and everything else. So then we had a a rapport, and so like one day, they invited me to come to New York, like come up for a party. So I came up for a party. She asked me to come on her show. I went on her show for like 25 minutes. Next thing you know, that night, they was offering me the the, the position to be her sidekick. Sounds you know? like be on this show. Word? <laughs> hey, yeah, that showed up. Uh, yeah, yeah. We Bill uh, was one of my... Uh, he was our first guest. He really? was our first guest, our pilot guest, and then we stole him. Bill, you know, he's a big deal in the... <laughs> In the production world, <laughs> not, you know. He's got, okay. to- he's got Tonys and, you know, yeah. Emmys and shit. Oh, he's, he's damn near you know. an EGOT. Yeah. Sweet. Anyway... <laughs> Dope. It's all right. But now you're just one of us. Nope. So, like, at that moment, did you feel like, okay, this is a chess move? Because, like, moving to New York, first, well, you know, 
moving to New York or San Francisco or any of those big cities which require like you to survive in that city mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, what was your was that part of your chess plan? Like, eventually, yeah, because I'm see, I got fired from Hot 989, so that's one firing. <laughs> I got fired from Hot 103.9. When you get fired, what is that feeling like? Do you feel like it's doom and gloom? Like. Uh, the first I'm, time I'm gonna I get did. blackballed and it's over. The, the first time I did because I didn't know anything else other than my hometown, so I knew Monk's Corner and Charleston. Like I didn't know you could even go do radio other places. Oh, like I didn't man. even know that was a thing, right? Wow. Like I had no idea. So at the the first time I got fired, I really thought, okay, this is this is over. This is a wrap. But then when I got hired in Columbia, I'm like, oh, I could do radio in Columbia. And then when I started having ratings and actually started, you know, garnering attention in Columbia, I'm like. Oh, I can go other places and actually be good at this and the city will embrace me. So once I realized that, like I had I had I had no fear whatsoever. But the thing is is that when you get interviewed, you're surely asked, like, okay, why did you leave? Oh, it's different in radio. In radio they know. Like oh. they know they, they they know pretty much why you got fired. Like they've already reached out to somebody. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like they know. Like they for me it was always strange because you would think I would get fired for something I actually like did on air. I've never been fired for anything I've actually did on air. I've never even been fined by the FCC or nothing. You what know were what you I mean? fired for? Hot ninety eight nine, it was literally just a regime change. So a new program director came in and you know, I knew the guy at the time. It's kinda like he was another radio personality in the market. And I remember they asked me, would I, would, I, would I like to work with him? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be dope to have him on the air. But then they hired him as the PD. I'm like, yo, y'all ain't say y'all was hiring him as the PD. <laughs> uh, you know that's something else. <laughs> you know? So then he bought in. Territorial pissing. That's right. So he bought in his, a whole new team. And it was the same thing. Hot 103.9, they fired me because I had gotten with Wendy. Right? So I was flying back and forth because I wasn't getting paid for Wendy my first like year and a half. I knew it. I knew wow. that. Oh, no. I never I got a check. Yes. Really? really? Oh, that's no. radio. It, it was all an opportunity. Unpaid Charlemagne. Yeah. They was like, word. <laughs> <laughs> You too. <laughs> like I said, like wow. I said. And listen, when wow. I say not getting paid, I don't mean like I was only getting paid a certain amount. I wasn't no, no, getting paid. No. Nothing. Yeah. No, no, no. Same. Same. <laughs> Same. All right, Bill. I didn't know. No, no, no. Look, the situation has been rectified, but I just wanted the history. The fucking history. First of all, Bill, you're wearing those sneakers, which is those more than our house payment. So eco friendly though. I'm wearing forty dollar plastic shoes. Okay, hold on. Before you turn into Mr. Croc, you wore really fucking expensive sneakers too. <laughs> yeah, so, and then no. the pandemic happened. Oh. Like you you ramped those up. Are expensive These sneakers? are my orthopedic yeah. nursing home shoes. Those, look those shoes those, look those are a good clean version, but most people when they get those sneakers, it looks fucked up already. Like it's supposed to look like I've seen that. White boys with dirty versions, but I didn't know right. that they were expensive. Them joints are like twelve hundred. Get the fuck no. out of here. Those are not no. No. <laughs> no these are eco friendly. I got a couple of pair of those. Ha! Like they're made out of like um like y'all rich. Oh, oh, recycled material <laughs> or something. I'm wearing plastic sneakers. <laughs> I have those too. <laughs> what the name of them? I'm sorry. I they're know we're talking to Okay. Did you always wear Crocs Quest or after the No nah, pandemic? Oh, I thought it was after the Kanye debacle. No, no, no. Everybody was, <laughs> right. Oh, we weren't sure if he's a symbol of hate. All, so everybody yeah, started all my Yeezys are just... <laughs> they never leave my house yeah. no more. I heard they're still comfortable. Yeah, though. You I don't wear them because of you, but they heard they're mad comfortable. What? Yeezys. I mean, they, they were the most comfortable sneaker ever. Close. It don't matter. Not it don't matter. Close. A month before he got kicked out the crib, I got those moon boots. Yeah. Oh my God! I felt like I could fly. Like, wow. like I was going to the store, like just jumping on springs, springs, spring. But nah, we gotta look up the Croc people's politics. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Well, you know, some some people just self sabotage just because they can't help themselves. But anyway, so anyway, nice sneakers, Bill. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, 
and you're rich. Anyway, so go. <laughs> they don't look nice. I, they, I just don't think they look very nice. Because you're such a sneaker aficionado. Anyway, let's move on. I am. What the fuck? I, I wear all of Questlove's oh, used <laughs> sneakers. Well, okay. Those do look like Questlove used sneakers. Yeah. Those, those like the old North Carolina Tail Air Force ones. Yeah. They match nothing there else was, you got going on. Like nothing. If you're not a USC fan, don't fuck up. I know. All right, never mind. Let's talk about him again. Yeah, okay. Go Tar Heels. Yeah. All right, move it on. Straight up. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so at, at what point are you like, how am I surviving in New York without... Well, that's why I used to fly back. I used to fly back every weekend and do parties, right? So I would fly back to South Carolina, do a party, have a, have some money to eat, you know, maybe buy a plane ticket the next week. And it got to the point where uh, Highway 139 in Columbia was like, uh, you can't fly back and forth no more. You know, ba- basically the operations manager was like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So I was just in New York, which was probably the best thing for me because now I had an opportunity to like really just focus on, you know, the city. And, you know, me doing that after a year and a half... I started to make enough waves to where they put me on payroll, you know, at, at, at WBLS because people were requesting me to read ads and things of that nature. So they put me on payroll at WBLS, and I worked there until November 2nd, 2008. And wow, got, you remember the date. Oh, wow. yeah, you know why? Because uh, President Obama uh, became president-elect the next day. That's okay. when you came to us in Philly. No, you, Philly right? came. Philly was... I, I got to Philly in uh, 2009. 
Yeah, 2009. After I got fired from Wendy, I was out of radio for like seven to eight months. And it was cool because my daughter was born. My first daughter was born June of 2008. So my wife was going to work to pay the bills and everything else. I was home with my, my newborn for the first seven, eight months of her life, you know. And then then I got hired at 100.3 to beat in huh. Philly. Can you talk about that time, too? Because I was always curious. You know, you and Wendy both did that. Mm-hmm. Like, when Wendy was down for a second, she came to Philly, and she did mornings. And then, I'm not saying you were down. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that Oh, people... I was down. Okay, thank no, you. I, I was, didn't want to say Because I was loud. afraid to go get unemployment because okay. I had too much pride. I was like, nah, this, this was on Wendy's show, and Wendy was on VH1. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not about to go in on unemployment line, you know? So, which cost us an eviction because my wife couldn't afford to pay, uh, you know, all the bills in the apartment and everything at the time. So, we ended and up she's getting... back in South Carolina during this time. That's... We moved back together. The the interesting thing about 100.3 to beat in Philly, I worked there for like eight months, nine months. Then I got fired from there. So that's the four firing. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Now, you're recapping this nicely, but what I need to know is when a firing happens, is there a lesson learned? Like, I'm a person that now sees failure as not a four-letter word, but as like, here's the lesson I learned. Yes. But for you... What is the lesson learned when you get fired? It was just all part of the journey. Like, when I literally look back on it right now, I used to always say to myself, this is just going to be another chapter in the book. I used to literally say that. And then... It's a chapter in the book. It literally became a chapter in the New York Times bestselling book, which was my first book, Black Privilege. Like, literally, that's, that's all I ever used to look at it as because every time I would you know, get fired, it felt like I would fail up, right? So I got fired from Hot 98.9. I ended up in Columbia, South Carolina doing radio. I get fired from Hot 103.9. I end up working with Wendy. I get fired from Wendy. I end up doing my own morning show in Philadelphia. But for you, it's not a game of Russian roulette where it's like, okay, dodge that bullet. Now, let me make sure that I keep this job. Well, I mean, again, like, for you, is it about safety? Or is it... About your dream and goal. I never got fired for anything I did on the air. So it's like it's like nobody was ever reprimanding me for things that I did on the air. I was getting fired for political reasons, you know, like like even with Wendy, November 2nd, 2008, the economy was in shambles. They fired 25 people. They fired the legendary Vaughn Harper, God bless the dead. You know, great radio personalities like Champagne, the same day that I got fired. It just so happened I worked with Wendy at the time. So my firing was highly publicized which also let me realize like damn i really i guess been doing my thing in new york that if i get fired it makes news it makes news (laughs) you know and it's kind of crazy because you know when you came to philadelphia the moves that they made to make room it's so funny they kept you for eight months but they moved everything around like me and pooch had a morning show right charlemagne's coming y'all ain't got it no more so we gonna put (laughs) like yeah middays and pooch in the afternoon you're a midday mommy yeah right so it's just funny how radio radio's so fucking fickle when did kendra g come kendra g came after pooch was with us she was with us. Okay, okay. She was a uh, night show. She did nights. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, I, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, just, gotcha. Of course, now Kendra's doing her thing too. That's right. But it's just interesting the way lives are shuffled, and then all of that for eight months. What is the ideal slot for radio? Morning. Morning. It used to be mornings so and afternoons. You like getting up at three in the morning? Yes. To, I, I love loved it. it. Love it. I you got you got to be wired a certain way. Yeah. But, but then I love you it. Gotta go to bed at nine o'clock. I love it. It's not for you, Amir. It's great. You take naps. If you really got to go out and do something, you do what you got to do. But That's yeah, right. But then you be up in the morning when nobody else is awake. That's right. You just feel like you're you ahead, That's right? right. 
So That's I was right. gonna ask. So how do you manage like you know your social life? Because I mean you have to go and do events and stuff like that. So Fonte, I'm married with four kids. I don't have a social life. <laughs> really? Do but events. you still a brand. So right now, how many? I mean, between you and Andrew, like between like how many jobs do you have right now? You're a network owner. Uh, I like, mean, as far as hosting, yeah. I do Breakfast Club in the morning, and then we do Brilliant Idiots once a week. Me and Andrew Schultz. But everything else I do, I thank God that I have a team to run it. Like, you know, we just had the, we literally just had the Black Effect Podcast Festival this past weekend in Atlanta. Sold out event, you know, first of its kind, where we literally had a festival full of podcasts. Like, you know, I know that the Roots, y'all do the podcast stage. We did. Yeah, I'm steaming right now because I was like, <laughs> what did you do that? They were but invited. We did the festival and I can't do that on my own. Like, that's a right. team that does right. that. That's a team that makes me look good. That's Dolly Bishop, who's the president of my yes, network. Yes, Dolly, yes. You know? Big ups to you for that, sister, that's too. My, that's Come my on, sister. exemplary. That's right. Yes. So now in your current life, you make time. Do you have boundaries like, okay, I'm carving out time to do this, that, like, these eight hours I'm working and then... Yeah, I feel like every... Honestly, for me, I feel like everything is carved around my wife and my kids at this point. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's the... That comes first before everything else. And like I said, you you got to have a great team. Like, we got a... I got a company at Audible, SBH Productions, me and Kevin Hart. We got a team. Like, you know, it's... All you do is tell us what calls to be on. And we know... we <laughs> and, and we tell them projects that we want to do. Like, yo, I just... Found, you know, I just found this person. Uh, this person just reached out to me. Y'all should reach out to them. But like, they oh, handle all of that. Got some things to throw. I'm not signing. Okay. Please. Oh, please How old do. are your kids now? Fourteen, seven, four, and eighteen months. Oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> yep. But do you think that radio will ever make a comeback to what as what we know it as? Yes, because the the funny thing is the audience hasn't gone anywhere. So it's like the same amount of people who listen to radio in 2023 is the same amount that used to listen to radio in the 90s. Like there were 96, 97 percent of the country still listens, you know, to radio. And for the first time ever, radio has more cum and, li- and view and listenership than cable television. Like in the in the in the in the coveted eighteen to forty nine demographic. They're watching it on YouTube. That's Is right. This, but these are these Breakfast Club numbers. No, these are just radio stats. Period. Like for the first time ever, radio has more cum than cable television. Okay, so how do they measure that? Because I watch you guys via YouTube. Mm-hmm. So what numbers are the no pun intended the gods watching to determine what your value is? I think for radio, at least for us, like Breakfast Club has 8 million monthly listeners. And that's just on terrestrial radio, right? And then you factor in the iHeartRadio app. I don't, I don't know what that number is, but then our, our, we, we come out of the daily podcast every day. And the podcast does between like 15 and 20 million downloads a month, right? So then you got the YouTube, which is 5 million subscribers on YouTube and, you know, the billions of views and engagement that they get on that. And then you got social media. I don't think they found a way to add yeah. it all up yet. Yeah. No. But they know that individually in all of these different spaces. So you're a green light. You won't be getting fired anytime soon. I don't, you but, never know. But no, yet, it's, still, make the point that those are like, those are Breakfast Club numbers, which Breakfast Club is its own anomaly because, like mm-hmm. you said, y'all are syndicated all across the country then to add YouTube mm-hmm. and all the other things. But local radio, do you think, because, I mean, I know syndication ain't going nowhere. But do you think that for local radio, it's if, radio if as well? they invest back into the greatest asset, which is uh, which which radio has always had, which is the personality, because if you think about it, all radio did was give up ground, 
you know, to, to, to everybody because when that stupid ass PPM meter came out 15, 20 oh, years man. ago, which was terrible. PPM was a rating system that literally Wendy Williams was number one one day. And then the next day, she was like number twenty-five in the market. Like, come the fuck up! Like, you know right. this is a you know this is a flawed system, right? Okay. But everybody got so scared of PPM that they turned radio into a jukebox. Like, literally, it was just music. They didn't even have imaging and sweepers. It was just music. So, what happens over the last fifteen years? Podcasts. So now, radio's greatest asset, personality, isn't on radio anymore. It's all on podcasts. So people gravitate towards that. Music. Why would I sit around? And listen to you play the same Drake songs 20 times in a row when I can go to Apple, Tidal, Spotify, and pull up what it is I want to listen to, you know? News. Radio's not breaking news no more. They won't even let us. You got Twitter for that. Yeah. And live events. Every single festival from Lollapalooza to Coachella. So now the big radio shows don't even matter anymore. So, But community, that's the one thing I said was missing, Charlotte. But that's why you got to invest back into the personalities. That's why it starts there. You got to have these personalities in Philadelphia. You got to have these personalities to touch people, in Sacramento. Absolutely. people can't touch people. They can't go outside Absolutely. and whatnot like that. So. Absolutely. So you're saying that, yes, at one time when I grew up with radio, it was like a community thing where mm-hmm. you see a local... Da 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 da, and it was they a good come feeling. To your school. Yeah. And then something happened in 1996. I guess from what I learned, especially like being an artist on a label, trying to figure out how real payola was and all that stuff. But we realized, I think, going to Hot 97 once that I learned. I came there on a Sunday. Like I think DJ Premier Show was like on a Sunday, or whatever. And in the next room. These people were like, yeah, we're learning, we're loading in the songs for the week. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, all this is predetermined. We don't play music anymore. Like, all, this, all the playlists are predetermined a week in advance. Like, you know, I can add, I'm going to add You Got Me uh, nine times for it and literally saw them. That's going to play, play at two in the morning. So, right. <laughs> but my whole point is, like, w- will that system ever let up and they'll it let to. the DJ. It needs to. And they'll let the DJ be the tastemaker. Well, we'll have to improve it, right? Like, it's not going when it does come back, it ain't going to be what it was, but hopefully it'll have some of those same elements, correct? Is that yeah, what I mean, radio will never lead in anything ever again. No, it, it just won't. But it can be it can be the perfect complement because there's not a greater amplifier than radio. I just feel like sometimes these programmers make their job more difficult than it needs to be because of what Quest is saying. Nowadays, just pay attention to what's happening on Spotify. Pay attention to what's happening on Tidal. Like, it's right there for you. So you can still, you know, uh, uh, program your golden oldies or your A-sides or whatever you whatever they call them. But throw in some of the new records just because. You know what I mean? I, I would have a drop that says, you know, from from your playlist to our radio. Like, like just because, by the way. Like, I would have that as a drop just because, right. you know, because you, now if you're in your car and you of a certain age or even if you are just, just some, that's it. Or you're just somebody who always screams. You're like, that is on my playlist, actually. In your mind, is The Breakfast Club just a wolf in sheep's clothing in terms of do you consider it a radio show or is it just a platform that also happens to be live on the radio? That's a great question. I mean, we're definitely a radio show, but, you know, remember remember they used to say uh, if you build it, they will come? Those days are over. You got to build it and you got to meet people where they are. So it's built, and now we meet people where they are. So we put it out as a daily podcast. We put it out on YouTube. You know, you see the clips on social media, and we're on BT and That's VH1 right. every morning Congratulations. now. So mm. we're we're literally meeting people 
where they are. And that's what you have to do if you're you're in radio. Like if I was having a conversation with a radio personality in 2023 and they didn't have a plan on how to take their content and put it on all of these platforms, I wouldn't hire them. Wait. Now I feel like Britt and Jake are like, this is what we've been trying to tell Amir to do with Quest Yeah, Love they Supreme definitely are in the their last... It's the truth, though. Yeah. They were just literally yeah. talking about that. For yeah. those who can't yeah. see that. It's the truth. This it's is just, why we made... I didn't even know that we harder. were YouTube until, like... Wait, we Someone showed me a clip in my pajamas. I was like, wait a minute. But, oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, well. yeah we're, on a, we're, a soft, we're on a soft launch. Yeah. But still, but it's, it's hard when you don't have a team. As you say that, I'm like, you're right, but man... For the one-person band of it, and if radio isn't your main moneymaker, and you still, you're trying to get a job with Charlamagne, you still got to do all that. It's a lot sometimes. And we, but I, listen, I never had a team. When I was doing mornings in Philly, I was getting paid $75,000 a year. They didn't have no money for any for a producer, so it was the local board op that was there who was my board op. Then eventually they hired my, my homegirl, Sasha Katie. Me and Sasha used to get up every morning and drive from Jersey to Philly. Not even South Jersey. I was living in, like, Rutherford. She was in, like, oh, wow. Rawway. So we'd be getting oh, up at like oh, 3 yeah, o'clock yeah, yeah. in the morning. The R's of Jersey. Wait, are you allowed to be late or traffic is... I, it was no traffic that time of morning. What yeah. had happened was... <laughs> so, so we'd leave... There's no excuse. We'd leave at 3. I'd be at the, I'd be there by like 5.15 because 1.3B wasn't in Philly. Charlamagne, you ain't never oversleep. I don't think I overslept in Philly. Good morning, not ever. Oh, I couldn't. Philly, period. Yeah, because I'd be up at 3. Like, so I don't think I oversleep. Right, you really. oversleep. But that, what happens if you oversleep and like, oh, I got to be on the air in 10 minutes? Like... Well, yeah, and that I couldn't do that in Philly because I was the only, I was literally the only yeah, person. The I didn't even have no co-host. You got to be there before the mic break, like That's before right. the five. And, and with Breakfast Club, you know, you got it was it was Envy and it was G for all those years, so it's like that was you could be late, you know. Y'all even now, you could still be late because at least it's one person there. Okay, now y'all Eddie no. with y'all, y'all got Eddie, right? Eddie's over there. Yep, Eddie's 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 with us um, at Breakfast Club. Yep, and then Sasha, me and Sasha literally used to drive every morning to Philadelphia. And it would just be me, the one man. But those band. are different times. Now you're asking for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Well, all I needed was a camera person. So give me the camera person, and then give me the footage. And we would upload it to YouTube. We put it up on 100.3 The Beach website. I would send it to the blogs personally myself. Even when we got with breakfast. So you were your own. Absolutely. You would throw the party, be the DJ. Be the host. Absolutely. And then you're the guy outside the club handing out flyers. 100%. Because I'm I'm used to that. I was doing that when I was doing radio in South Carolina. I was sending my stuff. I would go on all hip-hop. You do your own edits. and Oh, LC. I can send this to LC. I was doing that. Like, I was getting the emails and sending them myself. When we got with Breakfast Club, same thing. We didn't have no promotion and marketing budget. It was literally me, Envy, Angela, our our producer Q, our board op M-Easy, after about a year, they let me hire another producer. So I went and got Sasha, bought Sasha back Dope. from Philly. And Dope. But prior to that, I was like, oh, we, we need a cameraman. We need a cameraman here interviewing, I mean, recording every single interview. And that's literally all we did. And then we would take those interviews and shoot them out to all our connections that we had in the internet world. Then all the radio started following them and doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me that the 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 mothership, the 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 top brand doesn't know that you are LeBron or Jordan and that you need a, a, a team to work that where you go, there will be numbers, there will be ratings, the algorithms will be up and all that stuff. I think in 2010, they didn't know because in 2010, they were still using the dot com. They weren't even putting content on YouTube yet. Like literally in 2010, okay. it was still power1051fm.com. And then like those numbers started to get so crazy. But it, they, we didn't get YouTube until 2016. 
I had been Word? telling them like, yo, Wait, we need what? <laughs> yes. I had been telling iHeart we need to be on YouTube. They only wanted to put clips on YouTube and bring people back to the dot com. It wasn't until the yep. week of they always wanted to. We had Hillary Clinton and Birdman in one week. Ooh. Ah, okay. And so that Birdman incident was Hillary Clinton was that Monday. That was the hot sauce, the hot in, the sauce bag. in the bag. Yep. And then that Monday was Birdman and somebody took the clip and put Stay it online on. and like in 24 hours it had like 72 million views and then they was like you know what we should stop putting our videos on uh, YouTube I'm like you think what up y'all okay so that was part one of our conversation with Charlemagne the God you gotta come back for part two where we get more into that Birdman interview and we speak with Charlemagne about his relationship with family and hometown he's done some amazing things at his hometown that nobody else has also, don't forget, Charlemagne and Questlove Supreme will be live at this year's Roots Picnic. Come see us. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.